This is episode 357 of the AWS podcast, released on February 23, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Welcome back to the AWS Podcast. I'm Leisure here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by not one, but two very special guests. First, I'm joined by Bob Wilkinson, who's the General Manager for CloudWatch and X-Ray here at Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Hi, Simon. Great to be here. Good to have you here. And also joined by Sudipta Jothra Prakash. I hope I got that right, Sudipta, who is a Principal Product Manager here at Amazon as well. Welcome, Sudipta. Thank you so much, Simon, for having us. Well, I'm very excited to have you on the show because we're going to talk about a really interesting topic here and we can look at it from one of two directions. One is to say, well, let's talk about CloudWatch and all the cool things it does, which we will. However, more importantly, we want to talk about the concept of observability and why as a customer, as, a, as an IT professional, as a business, you need to observe what's going on in your environment. So, Bob, maybe let's start with you to set the scene. Tell us a bit about uh, you know, what observability is and, and how you might choose to define it depending on where you're standing. Absolutely. So it's, this is one of those terms that's just a, a, a real buzzword out there right now with everybody talking about it and there's a lot of different definitions. The one, the one I like the best, uh, I have to give credit to Baron Schwartz from this, who is from Vivid Cortex. And what he said was that monitoring tells you whether your system is working and observability lets you ask why it isn't working. And so if you, if you look at the words, this is actually inherent in the words themselves because monitoring is a verb. It's something we do. We, we want to know that our systems are up, that they're healthy. You know, we, we have to monitor to know when we have to engage our on-calls. Observability is a noun and it's that property of system that means we have data to be able to understand the system without writing new code. So we need to be able to understand the behaviors, understand if there's errors coming back from my requests that I have some way to see, you know, see what triggered those. And these are super important for customers now, especially in this, the, the world of modern application development, which is heavily based on distributed microservice applications. But where we bring this back into uh, the, the terms though, is that most often when we talk about monitoring observability, we're talking about data sources that come in the form of metrics, logs, traces, and events. And I'll just very briefly go into each of these. So metrics is um, time series data. It's something like a CPU utilization where for every minute we get to report the CPU utilization on an EC2 instance. A log is any sort of structured or semi-structured bit of text that our application has emitted. A trace is a record of, a, of an API call that's, that's made from, from my application to another service or from a backend service to a database. And then an event is an is a indication of a, of a state change of some type. And so we, we have these different data sources and the, the real sort of the challenge of monitoring observability is how to bring those together in a cost-effective way, in a, in a usable way that lets us be able to answer these questions about our application in, in real time, whenever there's something going on and get that information out directly. And Bob, I guess one of the interesting things here is, you know, nothing about this is new. We've been monitoring systems for a long time. I guess what's changing is the the number of logging points or monitoring points we can use, the the complexity as you said, but also the, the business impact of these systems not operating in an optimal way is, is higher than it used to be because we rely on them so fundamentally. That's absolutely right. I mean, I, I think it's, some of the, you touched on several of the sort of the, the mega trends we see, which is that really our collective bar for as, you know, as an industry of, of, of 
companies providing applications and services has changed and elevated over time to where there is this direct connection often between an application and its performance and its health and the actual business results. And this drives, you know, not only the top line business, it drives loyalty to different applications and, and trends over time. So yes, these are super important for customers to be, um, to really be proactive and thoughtful about ahead of time instead of waiting until there's been a problem and say, oh, well now we need an observability strategy. And yeah, if, if only we could have told you what went wrong after, before it went wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's sort of the, the holy grail it is really, you know, over time, we're, we're working to be able to have systems that can interpret all of this observability data, automatically know when something has changed that, that's bad, and figure out how to fix it, and then fix that for us. Now, that, that's, you know, that's our holy grail as a, as a monitoring company and as a monitoring service owner. Um, and we're, you know, we're taking steps to get there over time. Hopefully, we will. Yeah, yeah. Now, Sadiq, I want to come to you because you get to spend a huge amount of time, you and the team, with, with our customers. And we, we often talk about the fact that well over 90% of our roadmap comes from customer feedback. So what is the customer feedback you've been getting around observability and the successes and otherwise and challenges in, in observing what's going on in systems for our customers? Yes, definitely. So as we gather feedback from customers to understand what makes observability really hard, we hear pain points in three main categories as such. The first is complexity. Um, as Bob rightly pointed out, customers are moving towards building applications in more microservice-based environments and, and with a distributed architecture. This leads to thousands of resources that need to be monitored via APIs and other forms in which you interact with them. So this adds to the complexity of an already highly available application that you need to run. Uh, the next category is data overload. As a direct outcome of complexity, you always have to collect as much information as possible. Uh, the metrics, logs, and traces that come from your infrastructure or your application, you should be able to parse through them and isolate them to an area of an issue that you're investigating. And this is starting to become more and more complex with the introduction of edge locations as such. So for example, IoT sensors right now create thousands of data points that come towards a central monitoring system, and it's hard for customers to uh, really isolate an IoT device that might be highly latent compared to the others. And finally, we've also heard feedback from customers around customer behavior. So due to the complexity of a microservice-based environment or with this data overload that they have, it's very hard for them to connect the dots across multiple resources and really isolate it down to, here's an issue with my Lambda function that's causing an end user impact asset. So uh, as we rightly summarize, applications are becoming very synonymous with business impact as such, and customers want to make sure they have as much visibility as possible into how their applications are behaving. And one of the interesting trends, I think, has been that move to not just the the IT centric monitoring, but the customer impact monitoring, or using metrics around customer experience as a, a proxy for for problems. So, how have some of our customers tackled these challenges? You know, this is this is a, a broad domain we're talking about here. Sure, a good example of a customer here is Mapbox. They are an open source mapping platform for custom designed maps that reach across more than 300 million people each month. And this example can be tied back to the challenges associated with ensuring great customer experience across all of their users. To attain complete observability, they wanted to consolidate all of their monitoring, logging, and alerting under one single tool. So today they use 
cloud works to monitor and visualize key workloads and resource optimization for multiple data sources. Um, not just for AWS uh, metrics and logs, but also for third-party applications. They use CloudWatch to extensively monitor error rates and status codes, examples of that is uh, making sure highly profiled uh, workloads are working as required. So that's a good example of uh, the fact that you can monitor data both within your AWS environment and externally as well, so you can get that holistic view. What about uh, the ability to uh, to do something a little bit different where the data is maybe not all we're familiar with, so streaming data, et cetera? I think uh, you've got a great example from Comcast. Yeah, definitely. So Comcast, as you know, is a global media and technology company that offers a home security solution called Xfinity Home Security. To support the growth of their offering, they transitioned to using Amazon Kinesis video stream and needed to deploy observability across their uh, setup. Here, they used aggregated metrics vended from the Kinesis video streams serviced directly into CloudWatch. Building on this, they were able to add a high-performing observable uh, security solution to their customers that told them about the health and performance of their cameras and video feed. This is an example of how customers have used CloudWatch to simplify data overload and complexities. So I think one of the changes here is that if I think about uh, IT development in the past, we'd focus on building our functional capability and then kind of at the very end of the project go, oh, we probably need some monitoring. What have we got on the shelf? And the difference in the cloud is that it's kind of comes out of the box that way. In fact, CloudWatch was one of our earliest services that was available. Bob, from your perspective, when's when's the right time to start this, this process of implementing this type of capability? Yeah, Simon, I think there's a lot of ways we could answer this, but in my opinion, clearly day one is really the best answer. You know, as, as you indicated, with, with the way we're developing applications nowadays, you know, especially when it's in, in the cloud, you, you really can't wait. You can't, you just can't afford to wait because even during your development process before you go into production, it's likely that you're going to be needing to use this data, needing to know that while you're in development phase that things are, are working, that you make progress in this sprint. So I think you know day one would be the first way I answer, but for sure it should be before you go into production. I think that maybe is sort of the, the the last possible time we should we should think about that. And I think that the more proactive customers can be about this, the better position they'll be in because if they're planning ahead and said, okay, I'm going to have this type of microservice and and sort of you know based on what I know, I think these are the types of things I'm going to need to know about the microservice. The, you know, the developer, the team that does that ahead of time is just going to be in a much better place than the one that says, well, you know what, I'm just, I got to develop, I got to get my features done. And at the end, I'll figure out how I'm going to monitor it. Now, I think the other trend I might call out is that this is something that we see very much for a lot of customers evolves over time. So in other words, the, the monitoring and observability strategy you start with at day one is not going to be the, you know, constant over time because as you're, application is growing and scaling, as your organization is growing and scaling, as the needs, you know, as the way your customers are interacting with it changes, all these things are going to mean changes over time. And so we, you know, we see that the customers, you know, come to CloudWatch at, at many different stages of that journey. Some just decide to, you know what, we want to go with an AWS native solution, CloudWatch is there, it's easy, we're going to do that. We see a lot of other customers that decide to go more of an open source first type strategy where there's, you know, popular tools like Prometheus and Grafana, and Elasticsearch, and they said, you know what, we're, we're going to start and use those. They're easy, they, they don't cost us a lot to get started, and they're pretty effective. But 
often as those customers that do start on the open source solutions or other solutions, as they you know, start to scale and, the, and the, just the management of those things becomes harder, that's a, again often where we then again see them come and say, hey, like, we, we know we have a strategy, we're executing that strategy, but we'd like help now because it's just getting hard to manage all these clusters. And so I think, you know, we talk about a few public stats that are part of CloudWatch just to give you an idea, but we have uh, more than a million active customers every week. I'd say it's, it's certainly well more than that. Uh, and we also have some stats on the, so the number of uh, metric observations and logs. And these are in the scale of a quadrillion metric observation, 100 petabytes of logs a month. Just to give you an idea that we really are serving this very large customer base and there's a very wide uh, you know, range of customers that are all finding ways to use CloudWatch and achieve observability in uh, different ways that, that bring value to them and the way they have to manage those applications. Yeah, we often like to talk about uh, taking care of the undifferentiated heavy lifting of IT for customers. And, and the word heavy means something. And in this case, you know, if I look at some of those stats, uh, you know, you're, you're triggering more than 3.9 trillion events uh, every month. I mean, it's just a, a huge amount. So this has to operate at scale and smoothly, but it's a whole lot of work that customers don't have to do for themselves. Now, reInvent was was not that long ago, <laughs> a couple of months ago, though uh, time moves quickly. And I think there were some really interesting trends that we saw both from what customers were talking about and some of the new capabilities we launched. So maybe, Bob, what are some of the, the main conversations you were having at reInvent with customers uh, when they got a chance to talk to you directly? Absolutely. I think one of the, the biggest things that stood out to me was this notion of tool fatigue. If you, if you look at how most people's monitoring observability strategy has, has been evolving, there's just a lot of tools involved. And especially historically, you'd often choose one tool for sort of metrics and alarming, one tool for logs, which may also do some alarming, um, you know, one tool for, for dashboarding or visualization. And you know, increasingly, I think as CloudWatch, but also if, if you look um, at, at other you know, partners and providers in the market, we've all been working to provide more capabilities in one place because customers are just tired. They're, they're just really fatigued at having to try to use so many different tools, make them work together. And so, you know, we just had a lot of conversations of customers saying, look, I know I'm not, you know, I'm not really trying to get to one. I think that's not really the, it's not that there's going to be one, you know, Uber sort of magic bullet tool. But absolutely, they want to come down from maybe you know 10 or 15 or 20. Like it's literally can be that many tools. And so they they're coming to us and saying, hey, I just would like you to to help do these other use cases, and then I can start to shed some of these tools that maybe to your point are there's a lot of undifferentiated heavy lifting just in running that many tools. So that really stood out as one. I think the other thing that stood out is this this continued trend towards microservices based application development. So you know, specifically using technologies like the AWS container services or serverless and Lambda services. There's no surprise here, but these trends are significant and they're, they're top of mind for, for customers in terms of how they're thinking about their strategy in this area. Each of these things bring some unique challenges to, to modern observability, uh, particularly in the scale of some of the resources because they're now ephemeral. So now I have containers that may come, you know, come up and down every minute, whereas my instances, you know, may have been much longer. And, and of course, Lambda's, you know, is a, is a purely on-demand invocation. And so these bring some real challenges. And it's one of the things we've been focusing on is, is CloudWatch. We, um, one of our kind of biggest, one of the launches I'm most proud of from last year is our Container Insights product. 
which launched back it's originally at, at KubeCon and a in a GA or in a preview. And then we um, went generally available uh, later in August. And we've just seen a lot of adoption from container customers. We put a lot of focus into making it easy to adopt. So it's um, a pretty straightforward adoption process. And then it, it provides rich observability data that they, they didn't have before, along with some sort of tailored visualizations and workflows to help them troubleshoot problems faster. I think that ability to get insight quicker is is one of the big ticket items here. I know the team's been working really hard to add some new capabilities to let customers do this more easily. So maybe um, let's talk about some of those those new launches because I think they, they are very relevant, particularly for those of us listening who are like, well, I've used you know, CloudWatch for the last five years and I kind of know what it does. Well, it's it's changed a lot. Um, maybe let's start with, with Service Lens because I think that's a really interesting capability. Definitely. Uh, so CloudWatch Service Lens is essentially a new feature that enables you to visualize and analyze health, performance, and availability of your application in a single place. To Bob's point about tool fatigue, we're trying to consolidate at least some of the basic monitoring building blocks as such, which is metrics, loss, and traces, trying to bring them together in a single view so that customers are able to easily correlate this information and understand application dependencies. The next example here is Contributor Insights, uh, which helps analyze time series data and provide top contributors influencing system performance. This can also be used in examples such as the IoT sensors, where you would like to isolate an IoT device that has um, the highest latencies. Essentially, it's used when you want to quickly isolate and diagnose uh, any operational events. And this is a really interesting one because I think I think that's a, a really interesting one where sort of some lessons learned from our own service teams where we were dealing with you know, millions of customers around the globe, some of which using services in a regular way, some of which having spiky behaviors, et cetera. This uh, really was something that we had to learn ourselves to say, well, there's usually a percentage of, uh, of consumers, customers, uh, API callers, wh- whatever it might be, that are the outliers. And to be able to very quickly identify those outliers is very powerful when you're doing remediation. Yeah, this is a, I'll, I'll jump in here, Simon, this is Bob. There's a really interesting story behind this one in that it was born out of our own sort of challenges in need because we wanted to be able to, to monitor and um, manage AWS on a per customer basis, like all AWS services. And that brings a dimension of scale that is particularly challenging for sort of the traditional monitoring with you know, metrics and logging paradigms to, to observability. Um, because as we know, we have you know, millions of AWS customers using thousands of APIs and this is happening all the time. So the, the idea that in a, in a traditional sort of metric sense where you have discrete time series per customer, per API, it, the, the numbers become nonsensical. And so we, we sort of took that challenge and conceived this idea that became Contributor Insights. And, and what we did is we, we um, looked at what you really care about and what you, you, know, what you really need as, as a customer, in our case, you know, trying to operate AWS and see you know, what, what can we do where we don't have to track everything discreetly. We can actually view it as a distribution and look at the outliers of those distributions and then see what's contributing to that distribution. That's actually where the name from is it's allowing you to see what's contributing to the distribution. So if I have um, customers with outlier performance, they're contributing to that dimension and they'll be seen in our um, top end views and contributor insights. And so it's this um, you know, really powerful capability. We had it internally for, for a few years, and then it was something we wanted to bring to customers because as we 
talk to customers, we're hearing more and more customers bring similar kinds of challenges. Um, we were talking with Atlassian at reInvent, for example, and they brought us and said, hey, you know, we're starting to think we'd like to do um, more per customer observability. You know, do you, have, do you have any thoughts? And we're like, well, wow, we've, you know, we've got this launch that I think, <laughs> I think we'd like to tell you about. So I think it is really an, an interesting case of where sort of our experience with scale and, and operating things means that we've been able to take some unique insights and learnings from our, our time building and running CloudWatch for Amazon and now bring that to any AWS customer. Indeed. And something else, I guess, we've, we've all learned in IT over time is one of the, the worst times to learn about a performance issue or availability issue is when your customer rings you and says there's a performance issue or availability issue. We'd much rather know about it before it happens or as it's happening. So how have we worked to help customers solve that particular dimension? That's a great point here, Simon. And we actually launched something called Amazon CloudWatch Synthetics, which allows you to monitor application endpoints more easily. And this goes back to your very case of making sure that you're aware of an issue in your systems, even before it impacts your customers. So uh, Synthetics essentially helps you collect canary traffic, which will continuously verify your customer experience and ensure that your latencies are low and your customers have, are having a seamless experience. And I think also what uh, what you're measuring becomes really important. I'll, I'll use one of my um, you know, grizzled grizzled old IT professional experiences is that we're often very good from a technical standpoint to monitor the database and the web servers and the network and all these kinds of very technical components. But one of the best monitoring components is to say, well, let's monitor the order flow. How many orders are we getting per hour? Because that sort of sets a baseline of what's going on from a business standpoint and whether you're specifically monitoring or not some sort of upstream component that's broken, you're likely to see it manifesting. Well, normally at lunchtime we get you know, this many transactions, suddenly we're getting this many transactions, something's wrong. So having some of those more business-focused measures becomes really important, doesn't it? Definitely. So a part of our observability strategy or what we recommend to customers is also to ensure that they bring in the business metrics along with their infrastructure and application layer visibility as such. Uh, what customers do, for example, is view their order count in relation to their other infrastructure level metric. So you are constantly aware of the impact that it has on a business where, for example, um, your order count is going down while you can see your CPU utilization spiking. So chances are we're getting in the right orders, but they're getting dropped at some point or the customers are not able to access your website properly. So these are mechanisms by which customers can easily understand their impact of the business along with their uh, application availability as well. Yeah, I think this brings to mind one of our other launches that was pretty recent here, Simon, where we launched CloudWatch Anomaly Detection. Uh, this was generally available around the October timeframe, but this was pretty exciting for us because this was the first case where we applied machine learning and artificial intelligence and used that to, to launch a new CloudWatch capability. Uh, in, in this case, it, it's um, you, you can enable anomaly detection on a metric, and then we learn what's normal for the behavior of that metric with the history of that metric. And then we're able to build a, a prediction band where we believe, you know, where the system believes that that metric should live within. And then you can do things like, you can look at that on a graph and see if that's unusual. Probably more useful is create an alarm on that. You know, if this is, you know, Monday at noon and typically my traffic is here and all of a sudden that's lower, um, now I'll automatically get an alarm. And this is, um, this is really, you know, powerful today for customers because 
Static alarming just, uh, it works well when you have a kind of an SLA based thing where you know that my availability should never drop below here. But we know that things like order rates is a business metrics that we're talking about often are things that are um, have some sort of seasonality and grow over time. So static thresholds just don't work. And so we're excited to bring that to, to customers and we're seeing a lot of adoption there. And I think that this, um, maybe going back to that, that idea of the kind of the holy grail of where we're going, I'd say for sure, we're gonna be doing much more with, with machine learning over time as we have more and more capabilities that automatically look at all the observability that we have and, and help customers not have to always know what to look at or what to put on a dashboard or what to alarm on. We're gonna be have to get better and better and smarter and smarter over time with that. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, so Bob, when you're having some of these conversations and, and Sadiqto as well and, and sort of with, with customers about what they're currently doing, no doubt most of them have one, if not, as you mentioned before, many different uh, tools. Uh, are you telling them just to uh, to throw it all out and go to CloudWatch or what's the, what's the strategy they should use? Yeah, absolutely not on that. Um, we, we, you know, as we said, there, there's often, you know, a, a lot of tools in play. And in general, our, our partner ecosystem that's built around CloudWatch is really important to us and it's really important to customers. You know, as you mentioned, CloudWatch is one of the oldest services. I believe we are uh, launched back in 2009. We just had our 10th birthday uh, recently. And, uh, you know, from day one, we, we had APIs there so that the uh, different partner providers could build solutions that use data that's in CloudWatch and do their own, you know, monitoring observability applications, their own visualizations, their own dashboarding. And that's just been a, a huge, a, you know, huge win for, for us, for our customers and for our partners. You know, you, you look at companies like Datadog, who I think was probably, you know, it's one of the sort of the born in the cloud monitoring solutions that um, a big part of their business is, is helping you know, AWS customers among other types of customers with data they can extract from CloudWatch and then use for monitoring observability. So, um, you know, we always would work with customers and uh, try to help understand what, what are the problems they're trying to solve and, and where are their pain points. And, we, you know, when we don't see that it's a one-size-fits-all solution, you know, often we're going into something that's, that's somewhat purpose-specific, like the Comcast example that, that Sadiq to talk about, where that was a very sort of specific use case when we were going and able to help with them. And I'm sure they're using many other monitoring tools. Um, we work, um, over time, we work really closely with these partners to, to share roadmaps and stay aligned. Um, we, we do feature launches that are really targeted to help partners help customers more in addition to the things we do directly for customers. So uh, I suppose you could just say that we treat our partners as, as our customers, just as we treat our end customers of CloudWatch. And as AWS, of course, we're, you know, we're customer obsessed and the vast majority of what we do is influenced by those customers. Yeah, for sure. So Sadeepa, where should our listeners go to if they want more information or want to dive a little more deeply on CloudWatch? Uh, it's as simple as getting onto the CloudWatch web pages. And we have multiple use cases, case studies that talk about how customers have used CloudWatch today. Fantastic. Sadeepa, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. And Bob, thank you for joining us and uh, giving us some insights into observability. Thank you, Sam. It was great to be here. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at Amazon.com is a place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.